You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hey everybody, Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough from the wilds of Maui. Glad to be home after nine flights in five days. Everyone delayed when it almost went down. It's good to be home. And after uh, a three-week hiatus for Talking Tough, we're back with a full house tonight. Happy to say that all of my esteemed co-hosts are with me, as well as the legendary Jake the Snake Roberts and Diamond Dallas Page. This will be a good one. we thought we would do the show last week and the week before, but, you know, things happen in life. We've got everybody on tonight, so it, it should be great. Um, Jake Roberts already told me off screen that he doesn't want to hear me talk. So I'm going to get through this fast and then I want to bring the guys on and Kasim, who's gotten so good at this and and Bean and uh, and sorry and Boss, who are already expert at this. They will take over. But um, let's start it this way. So all our hosts are back. And uh, there, there's a song lyric that I love from a song called Remember the Name. You hear it a lot in sports movies. And it talks about a guy winning who walks through hell with a smile. And that is a statement that so well fits my first two co-hosts I want to bring on together. Guys who have been to the top, fallen to the bottom, and fought their way back to even higher heights than ever before with smiles on their faces. My good friends, Kasim Osgood and Boss Ritten. What's going on, Rick? Guys, what's up? Take over and bail me out of this mess, please. How are you guys doing? I'm doing I'm doing amazing, man. It's uh, it's good to see El Guapo back in here looking young, young as ever. Uh I'm practicing on my machine, so I'm ready to go. A couple rounds. You're ready to go a couple rounds with Boss Rutten? Is that what you just said? Talking with Boss Rutten, not fighting. (laughs) I value my liver functioning properly and my kidneys. I need those. All right. (laughs) How's the how's everything go? Okay, four. What would you do? Four. Defense. Get down. I get down in defense. Good to be back, uh, Rick. It's uh, good to be back, Rick Ekasim. I'm very happy. Uh, a bit on a long way. I've been traveling to Europe and everything. And finally, I'm back in America. Finally, we have this show with these two crazy guys, Jake the Snake and Diamond Dell Space. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen, but I, it's going to be good. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And, you know, we have like a special theme tonight because Boss, Kasim, we, we share one amazingly best friend in common. And that has our good, that's our good friend, Eric Butterbean Esh. And I know he won't mind me saying that I think we are all concerned for his health for quite a while. And I know one dream, at least one dream I had for years, was to see Butterbean pair up with none other than Diamond Dallas Page. I just somehow knew that Page would be the guy, you know, with, with Bean's spirit and his intestinal fortitude, which he has in, in multiples, if they were to team up, it would like create this unstoppable new Butterbean force. And hell, it looks like that's happening. And I know Paige will lead us through that. And, and I think, to, and Bean, of course, will tell us what his experience is from Atlanta, where he is at the Diamond Dallas page, what they call the accountability crib. Now, to add some like 
incredible extra dimension that tonight. We all know that Jake the Snake Roberts, one of the greatest legends in the history of the squared circle, and, and out for, for his antics, his stories, his legend, he's been through it with Diamond Dallas Page very famously in the resurrection of Jake the Snake. I think you've all seen it. If you haven't, you've got to watch it. It's an amazing transformation. So the theme of transformation today, uh, Boss or Kasim, if one of you want to take over and introduce our uh, amazing friend and our fourth co-host, please have at it. Kasim? Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Esch is a legend in his own right. A legend before you had easy access to YouTube, before they had digital cameras. I'm talking analog. Rewind that tape back manually in your tape deck. Eric Esch would have broken. He would have been viral, what they say nowadays. He would have been viral back in his time. The man deserves all the praise. Uh, he's a living legend in my book. I have watched him knock out countless people. I mean, I lost count. I don't have my fingers or toes to count how many people have been knocked out by this guy. One of the most humblest human beings. Very soft-spoken, uh, very descriptive of his uh, bodily movements, which we very appreciate. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> um, I call him Lean Bean because he's getting he's getting real lean, chiseled out. I mean, the, the guy's uh, he's back on fire, man. I'm, I'm very honored to call him friend and, and co-host. And uh, you know, without further ado, let's bring on Butter Bean, the Lean Mean Fighting Machine. There we go. Strike. Appreciate that. Now I feel important. Look at this guy. Look yep. at this beautiful bald head. Look at this. Look at this goatee thing. Look at everything. It's, and, it's and, you and yeah, your face hair looks real good. Yeah. yeah, your face hair. I said, okay, thanks. It's um, it's incredible. You know, you, you got you said lean bean, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I see to see a different energy every week that he comes on. And Bean, I mean, I've always loved you, man, but you look like and you sound like a new guy. And you're either sitting farther back from the camera than you usually are, or you've just shrunk. I don't know what it is, but it's one of the two. Wow. I think I've got a little smaller. I know I've got a lot smaller than I was last time last time when it was on. So things are looking really good for me. How are you feeling? How, like your, your pains. I mean, you're going like all these athletes – we are all professional athletes. We have a lot of pains, right? Aches and pains. How is that going with you? Because you had a lot of pain. I mean, the the, the you know when I, when I first heard the keto, you know, we're gonna like get rid of you know the the, the keto, like I mean uh, gluten. We're getting rid of the gluten and dairy. I'm like, what is difference is that gonna matter? Man, it makes a world of difference. People people that don't have never tried getting rid of the gluten and, and dairy. I would chunk it out the window and just and, and start reading labels. It's really important. Yeah, and, and, and you're you're working out every day, twice a day, and you know what I see more than anything is just your attitude, man. I mean, you just seem like you've always been a great guy and fun to talk with. You just seem happier. I mean, what what's going on? What do you attribute that to? You know, it's just it's a little bit of everything. The positivity I'm around at the house, that, that is a big factor in it. And You know, when I'm, I'm doing an appearance at the market, and a lot of people come up and go, man, you don't look like you're in pain today. I'm like, I didn't know I looked like I was in pain last week. But, you know, they, they can definitely see a difference. I, I looked some pictures from from a while back. I'm going to see if I can find one real quick that really just stands out that uh, – that I took, I took a picture of like two different pictures of one 
for me, probably right before I went to the house to, to like now. I'm trying to find it. Here we go. You can see the difference in the two two moons. Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's a big difference. Man. Yeah. Especially in the chin area, the neck area. I mean, it's just bringing down. It's just just I mean everything. I mean, I look like and then standing up taller. Here's another picture. You see how hunched over I was, and now look how much taller I'm standing. Oh yeah. That's oh crazy. dude, that's a big difference. It's it's just getting better. I mean, we're just getting started. We got more time to go, so I'm just I'm looking forward to the rest of time, and we're we're just moving forward. Diamonds, diamonds, diamond knows what he's doing. I'll put it that away. Yeah. How are their hips doing? They're actually they're actually feeling bad. I'm gonna have to have hip surgery without a doubt. We got the X-rays back, and there's no doubt I got I got a little more weight to lose before the the doctor will do it, but uh. That's not gonna be a problem. I think another month, within a month, I'll be able to have hip surgery. You you, you gotta be the original kingpin, kingpin. You know, it's Spider Man and all these shows. You are the kingpin right now. There you go. Right? Good, thing about, good thing about having the hip surgery now, I'll be able to do rehab at the house. So that's that's that makes it so much better. You know, wow. being at some, it, it's similar in some ways, although your story is different than I think than Jake Roberts' experience with Paige. He he had, he had other challenges he was facing, uh, in addition to the core one, which is, for lack of a better way to say it, just being brought back to life. And I'm excited to see you and Jake share similarities today, and then together talk with the man who's helping to make it possible. Um, by the way, you're getting a lot of comments, a lot of encouragement. I can't tell too much about it, but everybody at the house has their own individual problem that they're they're trying to change, and they are. I mean, the progress is going good for everybody. Do you, do you find yourself giving giving encouragement, and that encouragement being well received? Is it like a circle of like encouraging each other? Well, everybody's helping each other. I mean, it's, it's a family. And the crew that's filming and, and the nutritionist and Dallas's daughter that comes and cooks these unbelievable meals for us. That it's just one big team. It's, it's amazing. And is it all different? Like, of course it is. Like different jobs. Like you're a professional athlete. Are there? What are the differences? To uh... you, you definitely have to ask Dallas on that one. Okay. So, so, boss, let's do that, man. Um, let let's uh get ready to to bring our our guests on. And Bean, I love that you mentioned family. You know, guys, I, I've been in the wrestling business forever, but I was before that a fan, and always will be a fan. But I'm not. I don't get to be that very often these days. And a couple of years ago, when uh, when Jake Roberts was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and Dallas Page did his induction speech, if you guys haven't seen that, it's it you got to watch it. Whether you ever watch wrestling for one minute in your life, I know you're a fan or not, you see the heart in that. You see an amazing transformation in life, an amazing bond between human beings. And at the end of the day, it's just, it makes all the difference. So, you know, that... Rick, Rick, especially if you watch the resurrection of Jake before you watch that. And yes. then it this all makes a lot of sense. Yep, agreed, agreed. So, so with that, let's bring on two gentlemen... 
who I think embody transformation on both, on all ends of the coin, more than anybody else I can think of. Uh, guys, I, on all of our behalves, our pleasure to welcome the legendary Jake the Snake Roberts and Diamond Dallas Page to Talking Tough. Oh, yeah. What's up, boys? Guys, how's it going? What do we miss in that intro, Jake? What do we miss there? This is not a beauty contest, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I will beat you all of you. Mike, you need to have that head circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> Roll it down like a turtleneck beam. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice thing to say. The opening of the show. Jake the Snake. I'm talking about Snake. Wait a minute, you're talking about circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> Just going off somewhere, that's all. Just having fun. That is a legendary mustache. And I'm, uh, I'm like a, a kid in the candy store. I watched uh, DDP from the recovery of the neck injury, Jake Snake Roberts bringing out the snakes. Um, Man, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm just I'm honored to be able to say that I, I, I've spoken to to legends. Uh, the body of work you guys put in is, yeah. um, I mean, it's gotten me through time after time of just, uh, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, so I would stay in the house and watch wrestling, thinking you know, I'm going to learn some of these moves when I go outside, I'm going to use them. And uh, my brother's quickly going to tell me, like, hey, man, this you know, a lot more training, you better use those moves. But yeah, it's just a, it's yeah, <laughs> some great memories, man. I appreciate it. Get that. the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Run like the wind. <laughs> so, hey, Paige, how, how old are you, Jake? I'm, I'm sorry to ask you, on, because you can't ask a woman, but I can ask you. Uh, see, I'll be 67 soon. Jeez, man, you're looking freaking awesome. This is insane. Yeah, 67 soon. Uh, a lot to owe to a freaking Diamond Dallas there, right? This guy, he's changing people's lives. Um, millions. Millions, man. You know, it, for me... Here, you can ask him what you asked me that I can't tell you about the other people at the house. So, you know, I was telling Diamond that everybody's got their own challenges at the house that they're overcoming. Yeah. And they were asked, they were wanting to know what they were. So I told them they'd have to ask you, Diamond. Well, let's let Jake, let's let Jake check in. You know, when Jake, you know, if anybody mentioned the resurrection of Jake's snake a couple of times, if anybody wants to see who hasn't seen it, just go on Amazon Prime. It's up there, and you'll see Jake is, like, I mean, just overcome so many hurdles in his life to be, Jake, where, where would you say you are in your life now and about to turn 67? Well, here's the great thing, man. It's, I was thinking about it earlier this evening, man, just about sunset. It's like, you know, things are so good for me right now that I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And you know how that feeling is, man. It's like, man, something bad is fixing to happen. But I'm okay if something bad happens now. Because I know that when it does happen, that I got the tools to straighten it out without going down that bad street. You know, without using again, without drinking again, without having to lie, without, without having to cheat or steal. You know, I know that I got myself right. And so I can take whatever comes to me and meet it head on and smile, you know, and uh, that's a great feeling to be able to do that. You know, it used to, whenever I would have it, things come up or issues come up, or maybe my past came up and barked and bit me, I would run from it. 
you can't get nowhere running away. You got to go back towards it. Man. You got to yep. head on. And whatever the problem is, face it and take it apart. You know, it'd be like being getting in the ring and trying to outrun the guy. What the hell for? I'll just wait for him to come around and knock his ass out. Yep. You know? And that's what you got to do, man. You just got to uh, get yourself right. Know that you're walking the line. A lot of faith goes in with that. And uh, just keep smiling, man, because the world's a beautiful place, man, if you let it happen, yep. you know. And if you can appreciate the simpler things in life. You know, I, I think I appreciate honesty so much more now. Because I understand it. <laughs> Before I never did. <laughs> Holy shit, are you kidding me? You know, the drugs and the alcohol, that was just, uh, you know, those were my tools to run with. Yep. To disappear with, to hide with. And uh, the things that happened to me early in my life that scarred me. You know, I never wanted to bring those out. I never wanted to talk about them. You know, and I encourage anybody out there, if you want to get better in life, you need to start talking about what your real problems are, about that pain. Because the only way you can beat it is by exposing it to the light. Accepting it. Yeah, yep. accept it. It happens. Get over it. You know? Okay. Um, you know, you'd be surprised once you start sharing how many other people are just like There's Everybody, the same damn problems. What, 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 what was it, Jake, when, with, with you? You know, now you said, okay, you need to talk about it. What was yeah, it, really it was that my, set you on the wrong path? It was my beginning in life. You know, uh, my father wasn't a good man. He was a he was child molester, man. Uh, he raped my mother when she was 12 years old. You know, but back then he just married the young girl and kept moving, you know. Different ways. They'd have hung his ass here now, you know. Yeah. yeah. And rightfully they should have. You know, he, he, he molested his own daughters. No. Uh, he had me molested by his ex-wife. Um, some ugly stuff went down, man. And, uh, you know, we always hid from it. It's like secrets within the family. Yeah. Never talk about that stuff, you know. And as I got into wrestling, I started running into men that knew about my father. And they would throw that shit in my face. And I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. <clears throat> you know, and as that kept eating away at me, I I started to withdraw and I actually used that as fuel to get ahead because I got so angry about it. You know, anger can be a great tool, man, but you got to be careful because uh, it'll turn around and bite you on the ass too. 100%. You know, and uh, I just know that in my life, I know that all things are possible now. Recovery is possible for anybody that wants it, but you got to be prepared to do the work. You know, Bean's going to find out. He's, he's yeah. already starting to enjoy the 
I call it, he's in a pink and fuzzy stage right now. Everything's <laughs> fluffy and feels good. He's got some work to do, you know, and he's, I think he's going to do it. You know, he's going to have the right people around him to support him. Um, so it's just a matter of time, you know, and uh, time, if you get right, it can be a good friend. Oh, no, nobody's going to mess with Bean and no doubt because he's got a big power group behind him. I mean, somebody touches him or any of you guys, we're, we're going to come over. Oh, we're all good, man. I, I almost think it's easier for us because there's, there's five of us where Jake was kind of like there by himself with like, he had other people surrounding him, but not like other people going through the same thing that, that he is at the exact same time. I think that helps us a lot having the other five or other four helping, you know, supporting you. Yeah, I was I was kind of the Frankenstein model, whatever I was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> they had me wired up to everything, man. We all sat and watched. It the, was tough, the, though, the man. Resurrection, and it, it touched all of us, Jake. Yeah, I know. You know, the thing about Dallas was the thing that made it possible. It's real simple. That son of a bitch just won't give up on you. You know, when I would screw up and it would come out, of course, we would address it. And um, then we'd get right back to work. And each time I thought, well, that's it. I blew it this time. I know he ain't going to let me stay now. But he'd just shake his head, man, and just say, dude, we got to work on this. What are we going to do? And he made me part of the uh, assessing my punishment type thing, you know. And what should we do next, you know, to try to help you? He would listen. And uh, and he got a lot of help from Steve U. And they researched this stuff, man. They didn't know what a junkie was, you know. So I was the uh, I was the first to go through, and then Scott come along, of course. And but there's a there's thousands of people out there that Dallas has helped through through places, man, through dark holes. You know, people that have been abused, people that are, are overweight and being abused verbally every day. You know, verbal abuse can be so ugly. So ugly, man, because it cuts a person to the heart. Because there are people out there that will search you out and throw this show, throw this stuff on you, and want to watch you be in pain. There's some ugly people in this world. Yep. Yeah. You know, but you gotta. The only way you're gonna get back with them, man, is just to smile at them. You know, they hate that shit. Don't smile at some bitches trying to make you miserable. See? I like doing that because you make them worry a little bit. You're like, something. just smiling at me, man. What's he going to do? <laughs> well, you never know what I'll do. Neither do I. I never know what I'll do. Do you remember that feeling that you had when you 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 have this sense of hopelessness? Um, I felt that hopelessness. Oh God, yeah. When you when you felt the transition from that glimmer of hope starting to yeah, come. Yeah. Well, for me, the first glimmer of hope I got was when I lost my first fifteen pounds. You know, because I thought those days of me getting healthy again were long gone. Because mm. I was trying to die. You know, I my life was over. 
and I was just trying to, you know, hurry it up, you know. Yeah. And um, but God had a different plan for me, man. And uh, every day He reveals something else in His plan for me. Amen. Um, I'm just excited. You know, I really am. Did you did you ever confront your dad after this whole thing happened? I confronted my dad years ago. Yeah, I told him if he ever picked up one of my daughters, I'd kill him. <laughs> how did that go? What? How was that conversation? Did he understood it's that like, he, he, like water running. he never accepted it? He just let her go. You know. Yeah. He, he never looked at his problem. Wow. He never looked at his problem, man. I mean, oh man, it, it's such a sickness, man. And, and there's a lot more of it goes on than we know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hate to tell you guys this, but I can go to comic cons now, and it doesn't happen every time. I, I hope, but um, I can see kids that I know are being abused. Yeah, I can sense it. Yeah, and man. Every time that happens, I just look at who they're with, man. Because whoever's abusing them will be close by. Mm -hmm. yeah. Make sure the secret stays secret. Right, right. Keep them under that thumb, man. Yeah. And um, I encourage anybody out there that's been sexually abused to get help, man. There's lots of help out there. It's available. Get a hold of me. Get a hold of Dallas. Go to the police, go to your, your counselor at school, you know, tell somebody. Yep. Because it don't have to be that way. It's wrong in so many different ways. Powerful message. I have a five-year-old and three-year-old, so that, that message hits home. With, uh, oh, man. Be careful yeah. where you let them go, man. You never know. Yep. You know, just because somebody's dressed up over there and lives in a fine house don't mean they ain't got shit to throw. Yeah. Because uh, some, you know, the, the best ones at it are the ones that hide the best. Okay, hey, let's let, let let's see. Is this was this one of the reasons you started pro wrestling? You started getting what was the main <coughs> reason you started getting into this? Crazy freaking career because I know pro wrestling. You know, I've been a professional fighter. I did yeah. everything, and then I went to pro professional wrestling, and I got injured way more than I got injured in professional <laughs> fighting. You know, so I got like, oh, I gotta really watch out. But so, how do you choose a profession like that? Well, the reason I got into it is I was trying to gain my father's love. Yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, just come out of high school. I did very well in school. Uh, I wanted to be an architect. That was my dream. You know, I, I loved drawing, uh, looking at homes and houses and buildings and the shapes and everything, man. It was so beautiful. But that's what I wanted to be. But I came out of high school and my father never attended anything I ever did. He never came to a ball game. He never went to graduation or anything like that. And I'd see him once or twice a year, you know, for about a day, day and a half. And he'd be gone again. And any child, man, regardless of what you're going through, they, they always have this dream of daddy saving them. You know, and uh, I wanted my dad to, to be proud of me and hoist me up on his shoulders and, and bring me in, you know, because I yeah. knew I was on the outside of what was going on. You know, I, I knew I wasn't the focus of his focus. So I went to visit him and, um, 
told him that I was going to go into, you know, try to go to college. And uh, he's like, well, I hope you don't want anything from me, you know. Okay. Why would I want anything from you? You haven't given me anything your whole life, you know. And, uh, a couple of nights later, I, I, youth, ignorance, and alcohol got into it. And uh, my brain told me if I wanted my dad to be proud of me that I needed to challenge one of those wrestlers. And uh, I did. And this guy beat the living crap out of me. He stretched my ass, man. He made me squeal like a little girl, man. And all the fans were laughing at me and just really pissing themselves laughing at me. And I was mortified. I couldn't believe what had happened to me. And um, I crawled back to the locker room because I couldn't walk. <laughs> and my father looked down at me and said, I'm you, you're gutless and you'll never mount to anything. You know, and that's not what I wanted to hear. And I remember that night because that night is when I made my deal. I told the devil, man, that I prayed to the devil that night. You help me get to the top of the rest of the world. I'll do anything. I'll cheat. I'll lie. I'll steal. I'll do drugs, whatever it takes to get me to where my father has to respect and love me. So the lesson, I, the lesson I learned there, man, was you can't you can't expect anybody to love you in the flavor you want. You got to accept what love is there. Yeah. And see, that's, that's not what I that's not what I believed. I, you know, I believed everybody should live in the Leave It to Beaver household, but we all know that's not true. That's part of learning life. And uh, that's the reason I got into wrestling, man, because I wanted to break it off of my father's rear end. <laughs> and, so, you know, he never told me not once that he was proud of me in my career. He would tell other people he was proud of me, but would not tell me. And uh, I forgave him for his, his wrongs along, uh, I guess, about. Oh, five, six years before he died. And, uh, you know, you, you don't get to choose who your father is, you know. And it's, yeah. all, it's hard, man. And, but, and, but, all these years later, decades later, you know, Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts is a, a much bigger name in pro wrestling than Grizzly Smith ever was. Oh, Does that, that matter? Does that matter? Is that important? No, no, you don't think it's important right now, man. Because, you know, I've done some pretty drugs in my time, but I've never had anything make me near as high as I get. That's the most incredible opportunity I have, man, is to help somebody stand on their own two feet. When you help somebody get better, you know, Dallas and then be a hard time because I'd go to the store to pick up something and I'd start talking to somebody that was limping or something trying to get them into DP yoga and I'd be an hour late getting home you know yelling at me where the hell is that stuff that we sent you to the store for yeah Dallas but I brought this guy home you gotta meet this guy you know yeah. <laughs> I used to drive him crazy with that some of that worked out pretty good. He got a good lawyer out of the deal. <laughs> so, hey, Jake, with that, let's let's transition over 
to, to DDPY. Yeah. And, and, and Dallas, I don't know if we're even allowed to say the name of the show. So yeah. we're going to, okay. So change or die. It's a fascinating, such a great concept. We know what it is. Um, Bean certainly knows it because he's living it every day. For, for those who may have not heard us talk about it before, can, can you tell us what Butterbean is going through with you right now and what this is all about? You know, we could have called the resurrection of Jake the Snake From before. Change or die. Okay. Right, Jake? Okay. You know, um, the, the concept is it's bringing five different people together. It's, it's not a reality show. It's a docu-series. Jake, when we started filming Jake, it was a documentary. And we had cameras in the ceilings and people running around, and it was in my house. And we just filmed it as it went. And we caught about 80% of the really amazing shit that went down. And Steve Yu, who's a director and he runs my company, uh, he took 500 hours in resurrection and channeled it down to 93 minutes of just unbelievable magic because it's about addiction. And I'm going to glance over to change your die in a second, but resurrection Jake the Steak is about addiction, so it's dark, but it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Most importantly, it'll inspire you. So what we did this time was one of my buddies, Marcus Bagwell, has gone through some really dark times over the last couple of years. And over the last 18 months, he, at one point, God, 10, eight years ago, he was going to jail. And the judge said to him, he must have seen, he must have heard about what we were doing with Jake. The judge said to him, if you can get Diamond Dallas Page to vouch for you, we will put you on parole and you won't have to do jail. Jake came with me to the court and we got, we helped him from not going to jail. And from there, Marcus mainly the pills, but the drinking and the pills and the drugs all go together at one time or another. But the pills were his problem. And over the last 18 months, he'd been trying to get me to help him. I'm like, Buff, I love you, but you're just, you bring so much drama, you're a lot of work. So I'm working, I'm working on this idea of Change or Die, which is a show we're going to take it back to the same crib that Jake went through. And if if you reel the weight, when it happens, I promise you, you'll be the first guy in. And as we went through that journey, he knew he was in when it happened because everybody was telling him, I'm not going to book you. You're not dependable. If you can get Dallas is okay, we'll, we'll look at you. So he knew that it was a lifeline. And then I was doing your show, and I started talking about it, and Flex Wheeler said, you need to have Butterbean on that show. And 
what the show is, and let's you know, it's a, what the docu series is. Is taking five people from five different parts of the you know the country, five different completely different people, and putting them in one house and see if it can do this and help each other. Being talked about earlier about gluten-free and dairy-free. When Jake moved in my house, oh God! the first thing, we never told him that it was gluten-free and dairy-free. The food's delicious, but if you don't know, you know, this gluten-free and dairy-free started like over 15, 20 years ago. And the reason why it did, it's because of the inflammation in your body. The reason why you die is inflammation overtakes your body and you can't just function anymore. And our food in our country sucks. It fucking sucks. It's criminal. So the first thing that we did, because Jake is really bad, but when he gets there and he starts eating real food, and the same thing happened when Scott Hall came in, and you're eating real food, well, the inflammation's going to start to dissipate. And you're going to start feeling a little bit better and have a little more energy. And you're not going to be as, you know, not, it's not going to hurt as much to do simple reach up in the touchdown. Like just reaching your arms over your head. You know, because a lot of my buddies, they can't go past here. But before you know it, they can do here and then here and that that might be it. But it's it's movement. It's not just stretching, it's stretching and strengthening muscles, ligaments, and tendons. So that's what the workout is that we teach them because my workouts start off in bed. Well, no one had to be in bed here, but four of the five people had to start sitting in a chair. And then eventually got off the chair and started to use the chair. We only have one person who doesn't have to use the chair right now. Biggest loser. It's about weight loss, but it's not. But it's about weight loss. It's about uh, the apprentice with the challenges, but it's not. It's about intervention, and yes, it is. It's about bringing Butterbean, Bagwell, a black woman who is eight, 67 years old and easily over 100 pounds overweight. A Latino girl who is 5'8", and when she starts, she's 335. And I've never seen a woman look that good at 335. She's a fitness model, a, you know, a plus-size fitness model. But she's a good-looking lady. she got a ton of charisma. And then there's a white boy who is, well, he thought, he thought when he got to the house, he was 486 pounds. And he's five foot five. Wow. That right. Yeah. And when he got on the scale, because we have a scale that goes 700 pounds. I have a chair that if you need it, takes you upstairs, but it's not the 300-pound chair. It's the 600-pound chair, which goes from 3,000 
to $10,000. But people are going to need to chair sometimes. Blown up for after work or just need it. This kid needed it. When he got on the scale, he was 513 pounds. Wow. And he just started crying. Bean was there. Every single person's heart went out to this kid. All I'll tell you, all I'll tell you about that kid for right now. First of all, being in Buff, and all I'm gonna say is they blew everybody away the first six, the first four weeks. Blew everyone away. Because these two guys are athletes, they know how to friggin' cut back on the carbs for weight. And the other people are as green as grass. So the first four weeks, those guys blew everybody away. This kid, his name is Taylor. We call him T-Dog. He couldn't stand for more than 15 seconds. Am I lying, Bean? No, you're right on the money. 15 seconds? I got to sit down. Really at 10. And to see where this kid, and all I'll tell you is Bean was sitting in the room today because one of the, my head trainer that works with me and one of my best friends, he's like my brother, his name is Josh Nair. And he is so amazing with everyone. Some days, he does two workouts a day. That means he might do 10 workouts in a day. Because we do it with you. It's not freaking do this, do that, do this, do that. We do it with you. So you can actually see and understand, okay, now go a little bit farther. Go a little bit deeper. You know, and I come in after a week or so and then take people through different programs and take them a little bit farther. And then Josh takes that and builds on that. My wife Paige comes in, does the same thing. So this kid today, and I just have him, you know, yeah, I'll walk around the block. He can't walk around the block, but he can walk around the house. And the first time he had to sit down, Five times. Yesterday, he sat down twice. Very quickly and up in 15 seconds and beat his best time ever around the house. You know that, that show, My 600-Pound Life? Mm-hmm. That is the biggest, most fucked up thing as Biggest Loser. Because Biggest Loser, their inspirational part's cool, but they're behind-the-scenes shit because I've talked to so Many of those people, they beat the fuck out of them. Falling on the treadmill, face down. He's like, oh my God, what the fuck? It's like the Jerry Springer of fucking workout shows to me. Our place, we give a fuck. And is there this sometimes? Absolutely. But that's not what we're pushing. We're pushing this. And we're six weeks in, and we were going to go three months. And my business partner and I, Steve, you today, we talked today, we need four months. 
We need four months. But the only way people can stay, because Bean and Buff, they go and work every weekend. I lose so much when they leave. Because, like you saw, Bean, I mean, he walked in almost bent over completely. And now he's up to here pretty consistently. That hip needs to be redone. We took him down to the doctor. We filmed the whole thing. It's like that, like this. So when your foot's out like this, you got to be bent over. Yeah. So the goal is to get Bean to freaking get the surgery on the hip. And I told him, I need four weeks after that. Four straight weeks. Because he sits in a damn car for eight, nine hours sitting. That goes against everything we're trying to do. We're trying to lengthen. Yeah. I said the same thing to Buff, whose knee is so fucked up because he was whacked out on Soma's and crashed his fucking car. And if you saw his knee and his leg, you'd go, whoa, that's a year later. Now we got him in hyperbaric chambers five, four days a week at 30 PSI. Mine are 15. These are the glass tube. At 30 PSI, which is like 40, no, excuse me. It's like 75 feet below sea level and oxygen coming in and healing your body, not just your brain too. If you saw his skin, he looked like he was dying when he got there. Now he looks alive and there's color in his eyes and he's Ooh, not killing so up. Huge difference. I mean, the page, the difference is amazing, man. You, we see it. It's so clear. Incredible. So, that, that, I mean, I got here at the house. I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. My my granddaughter pulled up about the same time. And, and I, I was sitting in a wheelchair before, and I'm on, my, I'm, I'm on my crutches. For the first time, they come running up to me. <laughs> How'd that feel? How'd that feel, Bean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's got Jake's got his kids and his grandkids. We all went fishing up in uh when we were in uh, down at Mania. We all went fishing. He got the boats for us. We all went out fishing. You know, it's all about quality of life. And that's what I'm trying to help people get. We teach them how to eat. We teach them how to train. More importantly, we teach them how to think. Reboot the negative bullshit you tell yourself. And live life with a positive attitude. Now, it's not, I'm positive, I'm positive, I'm positive. It's like, what's the story you tell yourself? Jake and I had a great story. That was one of the very few things that wasn't on film. But me, I was in the kitchen, in the crib, same place that Bean's at. And Jake came down, and he punched. He was so mad, he punched the marble counter. And he goes, I'm such a fucking loser. I go, bro, what's the matter? What's the matter? He goes, I'm such an, I, I'm such an idiot. I'm such a, I go, bro, stop saying that. Stop saying that. He goes, oh, D, I'm I go, come here, come here. And I walked him into the bathroom. I said, what do you see? He goes, a fucking loser. I go, stop saying that. I go, look at the t-shirt you're wearing. And the t-shirt said, wasted youth. 
And I go, every time you wear that teacher pro, that's what you say. You should be wearing positive energy. You should be wearing unstoppable. You should be willing to never give up. He said, you know what? And it clicked. He goes, you're right. And he came downstairs and he wrote this out. What did you write, Jake? My history will not be my destiny. Powerful. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the cool on the t-shirt right there. Yeah, absolutely. And Dallas is right about that. It's the story you tell yourself, man. Yep. You've got to believe in yourself. So you know, it's all, you know, it's your head, it's your heart. All working in unison, man. It's a great place to be, you know. And uh, I'm excited for the people at the crib because I know what's going to happen. It's like I, I know this movie is there's <laughs> film. I already know the ending to it. It's like, oh man, I want to tell them, but I can't. You know? Yeah, awesome, man. It really. Jake, Jake and Paige, what, what what can somebody that's really hurting? do for themselves if they don't have a Diamond Dallas page in their lives? What What's like a basic piece of advice you can do for somebody to start turning it around? Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the easiest thing because I ain't pitching shit here. I give my app out for seven days so people can do exactly what I'm going to tell you. If you go to ddpyoga.com or ddpy.com and you get the app, seven days are free. Kill it after that. Because in seven days, you go on that app, the very first thing you'll see is the list. You hit that video, and I'm going to tell you what the list is. People see literally thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands. If you go to ddpyoga.com, just DDP yoga, one word on Facebook. Fuck what I'm telling you. Fuck what Jake Butterbean's telling you. Just go DDP yoga, one word on Facebook. Read what people write. It started with a buddy of mine named Chris Cabriano. Then it was five people. Then it was 10. Then it was 100. Now there's 70,000 fucking people that help each other. You can't fake that shit. That's one of the things I have you do on the list. The other one is figure out what your why is. The very first thing that we ask you to do as a contest is what, Dean? Why are you there? Why are you there? And we make a video of it. And you tell us why you're there. That's the number one thing. Later on, we'll teach you how to set goals. We'll teach you. Well, there's so many inspirational things on that list. And everyone who does the complete list, their life just does. They don't just change their life. They start owning their life. And that's what we want to be. And everybody here was a fucking athlete and a hell of an athlete. But as an athlete, you beat the fuck out of your body. Which leads to a really, can be a really horrible friggin' golden years. Yeah. They're not, they're not horrible for me. They're not horrible for Jake. Are they still sore? Hell yeah. Are my knees still bone on bone? Yeah, but I fight it every day. Every morning, every night. I fight it 
and hold it back. Because when you stop, that's where you're fucked. That's where you're fucked. Get the knee surgeries. Get the hip play. Whatever you got to do. I have none of that shit yet. And I turned 66 last week. So it's all about movement and strength built into the movement, which creates the mobility that helps you hold back the hands of time. And that's what everything that I give you on the list is there. And if you want to keep the app after that, keep it. If you don't, blow it the fuck off. But the bottom line is if you do everything on the list, no matter what, it'll change the way you think. You think. Um, Paige, if you don't mind, I, I want to I offer an unsolicited testimonial here. A, a couple of months ago, you and I were speaking, and I think we had talked. I had done like 15 days in a row of DDPY after years of not doing it, and I was feeling great. And then, like a fucking idiot, I stopped doing it. So, <laughs> so I come back from the trip I was on, just beaten to death and more exhausted than I've been in I don't know how long. I'm 60 now. My body's I, my story. I tell myself is my body's wrecked. I know it's a story. So maybe in honor of tonight's show, maybe just because I knew I needed it, I put on DDPY today on my on my TV. I did one workout. It was 15 minutes. It was a beginning workout. I did the list first. I did the workout. And, dude, it reset my entire day physically, mentally, emotionally, the whole nine. So I, I just want to echo what you're saying. People out there – if you're having a hard time getting started, do something. All you need is an internet connection. Go to the library and get it if you have to. Try out what page is saying. Try DDPY. It's a life changer. I, I honest, it, don't matter what, it don't matter what kind of condition you're in. There's a program that will work for you. I guarantee it. That's we actually... I got to go, guys. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, hey, Jake. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, you know, the other day we had like Josh works to everybody one on one, but the other day was the first time ever, right, Bean? All five people were working out together, which is really friggin' cool, man, because they're all at different levels, but they all can make it their own, which is super cool. I had a question I've had for probably 25 years. I've always wanted to ask you. What, when you were uh, rehabbing your neck injury back in the day, what was that small, still voice telling you in your head? Like, what, was, what, was the, what did the motivation sound like from in, in the internal aspect of it? Because as athletes, we all have a small, still voice that tells us how to achieve the goal. What was the voice telling you? Well, let's go back to before the neck, it was the back. And the yeah. back is what... When I, 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 I didn't start wrestling when I was 35. My career took off when I was 40, which was in 96. Yeah. 97 and 98, I, I was doing 274-plus days a year in the ring. Wow. Bouncing and banging. And one of my matches at that time would be the equivalent of four to five car accidents for a normal human being. And it's, you, we all know that it's incredible what you can get used to, yeah. you know? And one night uh, we were in a tag match and Kevin Nash picked me up and powerbombed me. And I thought someone shot me in the back. 
like with a, with a shotgun. And what had happened is I ruptured my L4 and L5 so severely, I had three spine specialists tell me my career was over. I had finally gotten paid, even though I worked on top, 97 and 98, I headlined 13 out of 24 either main event or semi-main event pay-per-views. Like the biggest in the company. The second biggest ever was me and Malone from the Utah Jazz against Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan. You know, me and Savage was number five of all time, our first one. Uh, I mean, I was living a dream on such a level. I finally got the multi-million dollar contract. And we see this happen to a lot of athletes because they normally get paid at the end and then they end up and then they get hurt and they never have the career when they make the money. So many of them don't. Well, when I blew my back out, the, when I went to the third doctor and he said the same thing, like your career's over, the emotional gravity, that's what I call it. Pulled me down hard. And everyone gets depressed. Everyone goes down. And I want to name some of the biggest names in the world. The Rock. Um, Obama. Trump. Oprah. Tom Brady. Like the biggest name. They all go down. They don't stay there, though. I don't give a fuck how bad it is. They start picking themselves back up again. So I pulled myself in the lowest me, poor me, what the fuck. And around that time, my wife, Kimberly, we were married and she came up and she was she was soaking wet. And I go, what are you killing on that stair mattress? Because I'm in bed. My, like, I ain't moving around. I ain't doing shit. She goes, I'm doing that yoga, that, that, that uh, power yoga. You should try it. I'm like, that's not from yoga. She goes, no, it is. And I said, I ain't doing fucking yoga. And I was like, so like, fuck yoga. And then she started bullying me. Like, you just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. You do everything. I'm the first one to ice his body ever in professional wrestling by five years. And the only reason people started icing their body, because we got trainers Five years later, wow. I iced my knees and my back. I would leave the building the last four years of my career, ice pads under ice, ice packs, not the friggin' you know, baggy, screw on ice packs underneath both t shirts, on both knees with ace bandages, and one on my back. And that's how I drove to the next town, stopped to friggin' get gas, filled up the ice bags, put them back. And kept driving 100, 200, 300 miles. The bottom line is, I started doing, she gave me like five different yoga people. And I picked a guy who would end up being a buddy of mine named Brian Kest. He trained, um, you want to know why Kareem Abdul Jabbar played until he was 41? Guys in the NBA don't play past 35. No. He played until he was 41. And he's the leading scorer of all time. Now, LeBron, starting no college, starting as freaking an 18-year-old, there's a really good chance. If he doesn't get hurt, and he ain't getting hurt, freaking he's going to break that record. But it's going to take someone like LeBron to break that record. But he ain't he ain't there yet. But freaking uh, Jabbar, 
had Brian Kest as his instructor. And he did a bunch of friggin' athletes and shit. So I started doing it. There was no modifications. You had, you had everybody was Gumby. They could do all sorts of shit. And it was frustrating. But I was forced to figure out modifications. Like in my shit, all my beginning stuff, and I mean beginner, intermediate, beginner, advanced, has modifications. Now, once you leave there, I assume you know the modifications. So I talk about them, but I don't stress it. I'm more about the workout. But modifying and making it your own, that's why I can have five, six, 700-pound people do my workout and get unbelievable results because they can modify and make it their own. And at some one night, I just started to mix the rehab that I had both shoulder surgeries by that time, both knee surgeries by that time. So I knew a lot about rehab. So I started to mix that together. I threw an old school calisthenics, done with a slow burn movement, and then something that's just time under tension, like weightlifting. And I call it dynamic resistance. And Bean's right there. And pushing and pulling with no weight. Every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle so you jack your heart rate up standing still. So now I got a zero. Like my lawyer made me say minimal joint impact workout, kick-ass cardio, dramatically feature flexibility, strengthen your core at a different level with minimal joint impact. At any point in time, Jesse, I can take either one of my feet, pull it up, put it in your face, and wow. pull it over my head wow. and have a conversation with you at six foot four, 228 pounds of twisted seal and sex appeal. Wow. And, six, <laughs> and 66 years young. Yeah. At any point in time, waking up in the morning, I can do it. A little bit more challenging then. But this is, if you're an athlete, all you gotta do is, there's so many wrestling fans out there that are top athletes. Just look at Chris Jericho. He's 50 fucking one. He just signed another multi-year fucking multi-million dollar contract. Wow. He's 51. He's been doing my shit since he was 41 when he blew his back out, just like I did. And the doctor said, you're done. Ten years later, fucker's the most over wrestler. I mean, he's at Ric Flair level at this point. Yeah. Ric Flair having been on top for 30 years. So is friggin' Jericho. So Dallas, you you have you have tapped in some amazing transformations. Let me let me put you on the spot for a second. About um three weeks ago on this show here, Butterbean, who we all um near and dear to all of our hearts, really blew me away when he said he wanted to fight Jake Paul. I never thought I'd hear Butterbean talk about getting back in the ring again. Can Bean get back in the ring? Bean knows how I feel about that. You know, at 55, I'm thinking about quality of life. Um, I would never say never, because that's one of these one of the toughest sons of bitch alive, even bent over. You want to toughest sons of bitch alive. So get the, the hip the hip operation. You know, get straight up and down. Yo, be able to do this straight up and down. 
then we'll talk about that. You know what I mean? Because I would go into really taking training being at a different level if he was going to go to do that. But we're not there yet. Do I see it as a carrot? Something to motivate him? Absolutely. Jake Roberts wanted to be in the, uh, the Battle Royal, the Royal Rumble. That was his driving force. They didn't put him in the Battle Royal, the Royal Rumble. But he went in the Hall of Fame. Way bigger. Yeah. Way bigger. Uh, one more thing I, I have to bring up tonight. So Dallas is gracious enough, guys, Kasim, boss, being there, if you know this, but it is his wife, Paige's birthday tonight. And, <laughs> right. and, and Dallas decided to join us, thank you, on that birthday. Is, is, yeah. she, somewhere, is she somewhere with the air spot? No, she's, up, she, she's upstairs, bro. <laughs> I was thinking a, we'd offer you're in the doghouse. Harmony for happy birthday, but maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah, well, no, she when I when I told her, she's like, "Honey, we're gonna be back in time." Blah blah blah. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, "No, I'm sure." So Rick was pretty pissed off at me, <laughs> and I and I text him back. I go, "Hey." Paige said it was okay. You know, she's good. And uh, if you want me in, I'll still do it. If not, no worries. He wrote back, you're in. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. You know, I just, you know, I just, I didn't want to put her out. But uh, she's a very special human being and uh, my favorite human being on the planet. Nice. Happy birthday to the missions. Man, she's a great lady, man. man. Happy, happy, happy birthday to Paige from all. Happy of us. birthday, brother! Uh, yeah, happy birthday to her. So, uh, gosh, Dallas, thank you, thank you for joining us. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, the 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 mountains that you continue to climb because you're always achieving new heights, and. Uh, you know, feel very blessed to have you and Jake on tonight. Jake, thank you for joining us. Yep. Amazing. And uh, God, guys, what what a what a collection of superstars I uh, I get to share the uh, screen with tonight. So, Bean, Kasim, Boss, thank you all, man. Always a pleasure seeing you guys. Oh yeah, Dallas. thank you, fellas. Thank See you. ya. Man, Bye, man. Freaking brother. Hey guys. Good night, all. Good night, Bye, guys. See you soon. Go to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.